0: Well, kia ora and welcome. I'm Veinant Jacobs and this is the Family Life New Zealand podcast. With me in studio again, as always, Nikki Bray.
1: Hello, lovely to be here.
0: Hi, Nikki and Steve Hooper. Kia ora and to all those that are listening in, welcome back. It's good to uh, have you joining us. It's great. It's great. And we get to do the thing that we really enjoy doing and that's talk about all things Uh, life and relationship because we believe when people develop effective relationship skills their relationships flourish Mm -hmm. and so the topic we're talking on today we've landed on the title how to be effective in your role as husband or wife Mm -hmm. It's okay. just a small one. Today. <laughs> it's just a small one, but let me tell you, that's a mammoth topic, actually, mm. in, in in marriage and uh, relationships. Yeah. And, and,
1: and how, how long how long have we got, Vaynans? <laughs>
0: how long have so we got? Was, <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. The timer's running. I can see it uh, counting down in front of me. Um, but we thought for today's session, we wanna we wanna sort of highlight something that we cover uh, at the weekend to remember, probably in a little bit more depth and we we take a bit of a different approach to the discussion we actually get couples in sort of separate separate rooms and we talk mm. to the wives uh, separately and then we talk to the husband separately and coincidentally, Nikki's led that session with mm. the wives, and Steve's led that session with the husbands. So I'll get to sort of interview you oh. a bit on what you say <laughs> in those
2: sessions today. Bruce. And I must say, as a a teaser for the weekend, to remember they are a couple of powerful sessions on the Sunday morning as we do yeah. break up the men and the women, and they hear their specific roles. There's something special that happens, and um, before we join up with our partners again for the rest of the weekend and the afternoon. Um, yeah, powerful weekend. Yeah, mm. totally. But for those that haven't been, don't give away all the secrets. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, but, Go and but, find out. That's right. But that those
0: those um, those split sessions that we usually do on the weekend um, has such a powerful impact. And uh, so what we want to approach with our discussion today is actually talk about just on a broad level the role of husband and wife and then maybe look at some practical ways of how we can do that well. Mm. Okay, now anybody ever who's tried to speak about relationships in some way, shape or form Have run into this question Is there a different role for the husband and the wife Mm. in marriage? Or do they both have the same role? Mm. Okay, maybe we go to what the Bible says We talk about how marriage is God's design And so if God designed it, did he design it with different roles for us to play. And so the the scripts that I actually want to read and for for our listeners that may not be of a faith background, um, that's our background where we talk about the role that our faith in God and Jesus Christ plays in marriage and how we actually believe that there's a way that a marriage relationship can flourish if we based it on the design. Mm -hmm. We know that when design is unknown, abuse is inevitable. So we want to actually look at, hey, how do we position ourselves so that this thing actually is an enjoyable experience? So I'm reading Ephesians 5.22. It says, wives understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing so, Nikki, you actually talk to that when you talk to the the wives at the weekend. Mm. What's the big idea?
1: Well, the big idea, and Steve can talk it to it from a man's perspective, but the big idea for obviously men there in that scripture is, is one of leadership for a husband, providing leadership to his wife. And for us as wives, our role is to to be a help meet. And at the weekend, I talk a little bit about um, in the Bible how God refers to Himself as an Ezer, and it's E-Z-E-R, and the whole terminology is so that's
0: the Greek or the the e- Hebrew, yeah, the Hebrew, okay. and it's
1: Ezer Konekdo. and or and, oh,
0: Okay, yeah, that's better said. Oh, <laughs> well,
2: this is this is getting deep straight into yeah.
1: it. But it, it it basically means Ezer is where God Himself refers to Himself. Aziza, meaning a, a help, and he he says that he is the one who saves and rescues, and it's that whole idea that without him, your life means nothing. And so he he himself twenty times in scripture refers to to himself as Eza. as in
0: savior, right? As in savior, okay, and
1: also the. I don't want to say it because I said it wrong. How do you say that? That one. (laughs) That means your counterpart, your opposite. And so when he calls us that as wives, that is actually attributing to us the very roles of God himself as defined who he was. And he's basically saying that we are incredibly powerful, that that role of helper is is not something that meaning of lesser value, which is when I first heard that term, I thought, hmm. Why can't he be my helper? Why do I have to be his helper? And yep. that was because I misunderstood what, helper, what meant. helper meant. And as soon as I understood that from a biblical worldview, it really elevated my role. You know, I'm a, I'm a rescuer. I'm one who saves. I'm a helper. I provide that, that support that really undergirds wow. who, who Andy can be and who we can both be in a marriage.
0: So let's slow down the card for a moment there. So you're saying the same word, that uh, the Bible uses to describe the wife as helper is the same word that refers to Jesus as Savior, but with the difference that it's equal to.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at it in that, that term, we are, as women, incredibly powerful in our marriage relationship.
2: And that yeah. word helper, too, is also referred to in Scripture as being referred to the Holy Spirit. Well, now, Holy Spirit is not inferior not second rate citizen i mean so that i think that elevates that whole term of yep. helper to be wow it's not something to be looked down at it's not something to be oh i don't want to be that it's like wow that's actually something even more significant mm. than i thought
0: i think this is actually addressing the the myth that being a helper means you're some way subordinate mm. or you're not mm. as good as whereas I think what you've just done really well, Nikki, um, thanks for that, <laughs> is actually bring that to an uh, an equal level. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we both have equal value. And in fact, being the helper is a critical, important role. Mm.
1: And, and it's important to remember that we're looking at it from our biblical worldview, which is completely different to how the culture looks at it. So if you think about our culture, when they talk about helper, um, I'm even thinking in in American culture, the 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 slaves they were lo- looked at as the help, the help. Mm. So I mean, that's why we've got this in the, in the backgrounds of our minds, yeah, gotcha. and it, it messes with what yep. we actually yep. um, our real role is. Yep. Um, the, yeah.
0: The, the 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 interesting thing, yeah, and, and and we'll talk about the the rest of that verse in Ephesians in a moment, but the interesting thing um, when you actually look at the context and the people group that it was written in. In that people group, the women in culture had they didn't even have voting rights. They couldn't do anything mm. if the husband didn't do that. So mm. they had no choice but to well use the word there and probably in the worst form submit to their husbands. <laughs> but it's interesting because when he when he talks about that submission thing in a context where that's what well, that was the order of the day. Mm. The the contrary value that uh, Paul, when he writes that scripture to the Ephesians, is trying to point out is, okay, so this is the culture where wives have no say and husbands are like almost gods in their Mm -hmm. own household. But as Christians, that role of being the leader doesn't mean that you treat your wife as subordinate. You actually lay down your life. This was at the time a revolutionary mm. um, concept. Mm. Totally, and so so that's an area that um, you talk about, Steve, as the, the the husband's role as the leader or the head.
2: Mm. So, should I read that first, or do you want to speak to that? Oh, just before you do. I mean, yeah. you mentioned the word submission. Wow, there's a <laughs> there's a <big laughs> there's word. a loaded word that people have misunderstood <laughs> for centuries, and it's, uh, I'd say in terms of you know Christian history and um, theology and you know people who have looked at these verses, that is probably one of the misunder- most yeah. misunderstood words in the world. Yeah, and and so what we're saying today is you know it's not that um, I submit to you that means I'm a doormat. That means y- I have to do whatever you say, you can trample all over me. That's not what it means at all. And we unpack that in terms of, well, maybe in our discussion today, um, a little bit in the conference as well. But, yeah, it's definitely not what a lot of women have thought in the past that it actually means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A powerful word.
0: Well, here's the thing. If we look at these two roles and then we maybe take it a step deeper as to how it's been abused Mm. and maybe how do we redeem these contexts and maybe how do we practically set you, our listener, up to, then, well, um, build a marriage that will flourish mm, and yeah. that will last a lifetime. Yeah. So, um, talking about that as the helper, mm-hmm. Nikki, you share you share about that at the weekend.
2: Steve, talk to us about that that next part of the of the verse. Yeah. Well, it talks about the husband providing leadership to his wife. Now, I know this has also been one of the most uh, misunderstood and abused concepts in history as well. And there's been men for centuries who have taken that to mean, well, if I'm the leader, that means I'm the boss. That means um I'm I, I dictate what goes on. You have to do what I say. I make all the rules, you just have to follow my lead. And that's not at all mm. what that's talking about. That could go south uh, <laughs> so quickly. <that could, laughs> uh, uh, <exactly. laughs> Absolutely. And and unfortunately it does. But if you read the qualifications of what uh, Paul is saying there in that um, um, the book of Ephesians, he's writing a letter to you know people in Ephesus, and he's saying, "Well, this is what leadership looks like." What does it mean? Well, how Christ loved the church. Well, how, how did was do that? that? Well, how did he mm. do that? Well, not by domineering, as the verse says, but by cherishing.
1: I love that word.
2: That is not <laughs> probably not a word we use every day. No, but right? it's great. It is a great word. Wife, do you want to be cherished? Oh, Who every
1: wife wants to be cherished.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's a tough assignment because that means. Displaying some sort of sacrificial love for us as men, which means you know giving up ourselves, giving up our selfishness, and hey, let's face it, we're born selfish. It's something we have to deny ourselves continually. Uh, and Christ, uh, uh, Jesus, was talking about you know, historically that this type of leadership actually means laying down your life, if that's how we want to follow it through. That's that's what he did. Now we don't have to literally, obviously, we're not going to die but we do physically but we do die selfishly and I think that's yep. one good thing about marriage is is all all of a sudden we're in this relationship which is fantastic it's great we get together um, but there are challenges and it's 24/ 7 and sometimes marriage can be as someone said the 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 problem with marriage is it's so daily. <laughs> <laughs> he was my husband. <laughs> <center>. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that's true. And we have to learn to live with this other person. We have to learn to get along with them. And we have to learn to die to ourselves daily. I don't know about you, but I don't like to die. <laughs> I'm hanging on to some things, but then realizing, well, actually, by rough, rubbing off these rough edges is actually good for me, as iron sharpens iron. You know, we, we are becoming more effective. And if I'm leading in a way that is loving and Serving and sacrificing uh, my wife Leanne, then, you know, why would she not want to respond well mm. to that? I don't want to dominate her. I'm not a bully. Nope. I'm not a boss. We're not talking, you know, male dominance at all. That's not what it means.
1: On a scale of one to 10, 10 being I feel completely connected to my partner, and zero being I feel totally disconnected from my partner, where would you rate yourself right now? There's probably room for growth, right? Why not take some time and actively choose to take your relationship to a 10 by learning how to love and relate to one another on a deeper level. Spend one weekend with us and discover the keys to building intimacy, strengthening communication, handling life's pressures, embracing differences, fighting fair and working through conflict constructively and so much more. You'll laugh a lot, You'll rekindle romance, learn new skills, and be better equipped to build a relationship that thrives. We can promise you it will be a weekend to remember. You may not reach a 10, but most couples leave on cloud nine. Join us on our next couples retreat. Register today at familylife.nz. We're all familiar with mentoring. It's all about sharing knowledge, skills, and personal experiences to guide another person towards reaching their full potential. It's about investing your time and talents to make a positive difference in the life of another. In a nutshell, it's discipleship at its best. Marriage mentoring is exactly the same, except you're doing it as a couple and you're doing it with a couple. At Family Life, we run an outstanding program to train you to be exceptional marriage mentors. We equip you in the art of asking skillful questions, which then help younger couples grow together and do marriage well. Become a marriage champion for others and register today for our online training at familylife.nz. And I think, too, when you look at leadership, uh, uh, the greater question, too, is what is a leader? And that's probably a good question for people to nut mm. out what what a leader does, what actually means to them.
0: That's good. And I'd like to go there. What I'd also like to, to do maybe is how has this been abused? Mm. Because I, I've heard with um, speaking to a lot of couples, especially this scripture and Whether it's been translated accurately or abused or taken out of context, this whole thing about submission and leadership. The big idea is that we are a team in marriage. The two of us together have equal value, Mm -hmm. but different roles and responsibilities, right? Now, they say um, people don't leave companies, they leave managers, Mm -hmm. right? So... If you're a bad leader or a bad manager, you might turn around one day and realize you've got no more team. Mm. right? And whoever is managing you or keeping you accountable is going to hold you accountable to the fact that, well, <laughs> there's no one else there. <laughs> you weren't able to cherish and lead and um, manage your team well. So I like that idea of you know if if the idea of leadership appeals to people, well, I hope then they know that there's a burden to carry, Mm. there's a responsibility on the leadership that I believe men are commissioned to. Yeah.
1: Vaden, share that analogy that you had about the the captain of the ship. I liked that.
0: Let's do that. So if I'm the captain of a ship, right, there's there's some privilege in being the captain. And yes, sometimes I would talk to my crew, ask the navigator for some wisdom about where we're heading, uh, maybe the weather, I would ask my team for input, but ultimately I have the say as the captain. Mm. And if the crew doesn't, I guess, agree with me, well, they will still follow the lead because that was the decision. So there's quite a bit of privilege about being a captain in that sense. There's only one captain on a ship. There's never two, right? Because you have to make a decision and follow through with it. There might be a better decision or a worse decision, but... You can't really make two decisions. Mm. But along with the privilege of being the captain, there's also the responsibility of if the ship goes down, you are the <laughs> last to leave the ship. <laughs> yeah. You literally lay your life down with the ship. So if you carrying the privilege, you also carry the responsibility. And so not everyone is called to lead. Because I think we we often like the, the privilege that comes with leadership but we don't like paying the price or being accountable because
2: even that captain is accountable to someone somewhere. Mm. Which brings up an interesting point that, as we read this, you know, passage, we have been assigned uh, the leadership, you know, of our, of our wife and our family. That doesn't mean that we're necessarily better at it. No, now, no. it's not that we're more qualified. It's not that we're, you know, in a higher rank or, or position. It's just that we've been assigned that. Oh, okay to figure out how to do that and there may be some instances in in many cases and I know in ours in terms of there are some areas in in our relationship where Leanne is way more skilled at things than I am and it's not a case of I have to do everything I have to make all the decisions but part of that as a team because we are equal value and that's the big key point to make here as we talk about different roles is we're not talking about one is better than the other one is inferior one superior we have equal value. And we can touch on that again in a moment, but I can delegate or I can say to Leanne, actually, you make this decision because in this terms of, in this area, you're more qualified at that than I am. She knows more about what's happening in the home than I do because she's there more often. Yep. What's happening in our kids' lives, particularly when they were smaller and she was at home with them and they were at school. I was at work, I'd come home, I don't know what had been going on all day. Yep. Um, She's in that environment, in the zone, if you like, making those decisions. Uh, I'm just saying, Okay, um, bring me up to speed here. <laughs> let, me, yep. let me know how I can help you.
0: Yeah, and and so okay, let's do this—a quick exercise <laughs> on what bad leadership looks like. Okay, so let's just shoot. We, we'll we'll go around. I'll start. So um, so what does bad leadership look like? Um, I think uh, well, the dictatorship is one form of bad leadership—a dictator where the leader answers to nobody and he actually gets no input into the decisions he's making.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so just bullying, I guess. is just, you know, um, considering their own needs and bullying people to do what they want them to do.
0: Okay. Mm.
2: Uh, well, let's say one I've mentioned already is making all the decisions. See, I'd be crazy not to include Leanne in, on some of those decisions because, you know, she sees things differently than I do. Yep. She has a different perspective. And different strengths. So absolutely different Mm. strengths. So as a team together, we're stronger than we are apart. And so it's almost like, let's have a look at this issue or what we're dealing with together and see how we nut that out together.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's three. That's maybe a good start. How about good leadership? Because I feel like leadership gets a bad rap Mm. in general. Yeah. And often I think, and we'll talk about the wives role again as the support in a moment, but I think often wives struggle with the idea of being a supporter or being the support role Mm. because we've seen so many instances of abuse and leadership gone wrong. Mm.
1: Yeah. And that's a good point because I think when you talk about good leadership, to me, a leader is someone who has a growth mindset. Love that. A leader hmm. um, provides an environment where those around him can flourish and grow, and so it's all about attitude rather than necessary skills. So a leader is someone who um, looks around them and says, "Okay, how can I help you develop? Where do you need? Where, where, what are your unfulfilled dreams and desires and goals?" and helps those dreams become realised.
0: So, is this every leader?
1: Well, I'm hoping so. <laughs>
0: well, this, this is the good leader. Mm. Yeah. And this is an example of good leadership. Mm. And I guess w- what I'm trying to say is let's not throw the idea of leadership out the window yeah. just for the sake of maybe our experience with bad leadership. Mm. So I love that. Leader has a growth mindset. Uh, this quote by Stephen Covey, which um, you and I spoke about yesterday, Steve. Leadership is communicating to others their worth and potential but so clearly that they come to see it themselves. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, what I'm hearing here is a leader empowers, a totally. leader has a growth mindset. So, mm. people flourish. Mm. And a good le- I, I want to work for a leader like that. Yeah, so do <laughs> I. <laughs> uh, good leadership uh, example from you, Steve. Do you have you got something top of mind?
2: Uh, yeah. I think, well, for me, in my one of the biggies that's been for me is learning is, um, or, or of leadership is making my wife a priority i mean i need to do that that's that's an important principle concept in terms of marriage anyway so one of the things that i do just as a constant reminder practically daily is um if we're making a coffee or or you know we've got serving up dinner i always put her plate or her cup first so in my mind i'm thinking i'm placing her first, you know, I'm making her important. And that's just a little practical thing for me. She might not even know that I'm doing that. Obviously, there's other ways that I want to make her a priority by, and there's been examples where I'm, I love, I'm a mountain biker. I love mountain biking. And so I could make a decision to go away for a weekend as we have before in the past with some mates to go mountain biking. But I just know that what what's happening at home right now, I'm feeling like there's a sense that Leah needs me at home right now. So I've actually, you know, picked up the phone, said to my mates, oh, look, um, I can't come this weekend. I'm, I'm, I have to pull out. What do you mean? What do you mean? We've been planning this for ages. You know, you can't do that. So, oh, look, look, I'm, my wife needs me at home. Love you guys, but, you know, love my wife more. Yep. i hang up. Because I want her to know that um, uh, one, one thing I've found too is that you may have heard this principle. When we say yes to something, we are also automatically saying no to something else. So if we that's say right. yes to playing golf or or going fishing or going mountain biking, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but we're also saying um, no to something else. So I want to make sure I'm saying yes to my family more than I am to anyone else. Just so that particularly my wife, Leanne, knows that she's a priority in my mind. Yep. And that's a good way of showing, you know, leadership. Because if I don't do that, who else is going to do it?
0: There's something about um you know, to use a good term, servant leadership, there's something about a good leader that makes it easy to follow that person. Mm. And and I think um, if we, again, stop with the role of the husband is to be mm. a leader mm. and to be a good leader, mm. to make decisions, but not make those decisions without involving your spouse. Someone, someone said, uh, if you think about the role of head, someone is responsible for the decision. Like we can all talk about the decision, but someone is responsible. And I like this analogy of a husband and wife is almost like a um, in a company setup where you've got 51%, uh, 49% voting, mm. where one vote ultimately just carries that, that bit of extra weight. And it's not to say that the other person isn't included or important, but ultimately one person is responsible.
1: Yeah, the way we looked at it in our marriage was um almost like a um a law firm, you know, like a <laughs> um a Bray and Bray company, Bray okay. and Bray Limited whatever. And so oh, yeah. Andy and I were were partners in the Bray company, equal partnership in the Bray company. Equal
0: partners, that's ha- good.
1: However, um as managing partner, the buck stopped with Andy in that he needed to ensure that we were each carrying out our responsibilities. So example, as as partners, we had different responsibilities. So maybe my responsibility was in the PR department yep. or in the finance department because yep. my skills were better utilized there. Yep. His might've been in the strategic planning department because that's where his giftings and abilities were. Mm-hmm. So we each had, we had we had equal value but we had different responsibilities mm. and and so but as managing partner Andy had to ensure that we were each fulfilling those roles mm. now that didn't yeah. mean to say that um they did they didn't they change because during our seasons of marriage they did change but we had a conversation then around who then would do what and how what would that look like but it was about Andy taking the initiative to make sure that we were both operating out of our strengths mm. and when we did that our marriage functioned and flourished really, really well.
2: And the thing I love about that, there's tremendous strength there. Mm. And and just picking up again on the, we're talking different roles in marriage, and of course, as we come back to the the main, the key, overarching, you know, big picture point that we want mm. to make as we're talking about this is we do have equal value. Yeah. And I like to use the analogy of a of a rugby team. I mean, take the All Blacks. I mean, any any rugby team of 15, there are both forwards and backs. Yep. Now, it would be crazy if the selectors chose the the next Bledisloe Cup of the All Blacks playing Australia. They wouldn't go and choose a starting lineup of 15 forwards or 15 <laughs> or fifteen <laughs> backs. I mean, we may still beat Australia. I hope there's no Australians listening. No, I'll take that back. Um, yeah, but they wouldn't do that. So, Here's a team, and in in any team, you know, you have a captain, you have positions, you have, you know, within those forwards and backs, even, Mm. you know, there's a prop, there's a first five-eighths, there's a a winger. Um, Each person has a specific skill, which Nikki was talking about, Mm. which they are particularly good at. It doesn't mean that one is better than another. It doesn't mean forwards are more important than backs. It doesn't mean one winger is more important than, you know, another player. They just have different roles and sometimes particularly in in sport using that same analogy you know some can get more attention yeah. than another yep maybe the the the, the the winger gets a ball in free space. He does a big sidestep and he takes off down the try line and uh, down the touch line and scores, yeah. you know, and there's crowds on their feet and you know all he gets all the applause. Yeah, music. that's right. He's, but the ball was one in the ruck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the boards that set him up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he may get the attention, but he's not more important. And I think that's exactly the same in our marriage relationship as we're talking about different roles. We have different strengths. We have different abilities, we have different roles, but we have equal value. And that's mm. how God designed it to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. And and you, you, you did mention that uh, a few times around equal value. Mm. We have different roles, we've got equal value. I think this role idea uh, historically has picked up a bad rap mm. because of um, maybe some leaders in the past not valuing people that they were leading. Mm. and treating them in a less than equal way. Whereas that's not the type of leadership that that our leader, if we follow Christ as Lord of our lives, if we follow Christ as the person that shows us how to live life and live it well so that all our relationships flourish. Mm. So, so that is the type of leadership that we want to do. And how do we redeem that bad idea of poor leadership? Right so we're talking about the role of husband and wife in relationship as it relates to I guess the design and the the, the idea that God had in mind when he when he created us right that's what that's what we believe mm. we were created with a purpose with distinct roles so we're saying the husband has a role to lead and the responsibility to will ultimately answer to his boss, (laughs) (laughs) God, in terms of how well he did that. And then the instruction there is you need to lead in a way where you're actually laying down your life. And then we're saying the wife basically has this role of supporting. So she is actually the support structure. And I love how in the context of how this word is used in that scripture in Ephesians, that support structure is actually... um, used in other times uh, in a battle structure, mm. so battle formation, you've got people aligning in a formation to attack an enemy. That's actually quite significant because if the formation is wrong, the, the army is weak. Mm. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges is when we don't get this role thing right, we're weak as an army, as a front, whereas it's a critical role for the wife to be that support structure of the husband being the head. It's like a head in a body. Like the head is only um, <laughs> worth much because the neck turns it around. Yeah, <laughs>
1: heard that? that was in that, that movie. My big fat Greek <laughs> yeah, great, one.
0: great movie, that one. Yeah, yeah. So it's not saying one is more important than the other. It's just saying, hey, there are different
2: roles that we each get to play mm. and how do we do that well? And I think that's picked up again using a sporting analogy that, a, a, a team is only as good as the players who support the rest of the of their teammates. Most sport, most teams don't win because they have one good player in them. They might be the star, they might be the best in the world, but if they don't have teammates around them that are supporting them, carry the ball or, or whatever, you know, they're not going to do that well. So supporting is huge, it's absolutely very important in a, any any role position, particularly in marriage as we're talking about.
0: Do, do, do. That wraps up part one of our discussion on how to be effective in your role as a husband or wife. Keep an eye out for part two of our discussion where we'll unpack a few more practical takeaways on this topic of roles in the marriage relationship. See you soon.
1: You've been listening to the Family Life New Zealand podcast, where we believe that when people develop their relationship skills, their relationships flourish. If you found this conversation useful and want to help us reach more families, simply rate it, review it, and share it. We'll see you next time.